Hello, it's Larry Clark with Excelsior Music Publishing. We're going to take a little different approach to the From the Composer podcast today, and we're going to be talking to composers as they are asked questions by an actual music educator. So we're going to start today with composer Valerie Laney Rowe. Hello, it's Larry Clark with Excelsior Music Publishing, and we're doing another Meet the Composer video, and we're here today with composer Valerie Laney Rowe. And we're also here with Lori Schwartz-Reichel, who's going to do the interview today and talk to Valerie and ask all the questions she's interested in knowing the answers to. And hopefully students will be interested in all the things that Valerie has to say as well. So welcome both of you and Lori, take it away. Okay. Hi, Valerie. It's so wonderful to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Lori. <laughs> so as a middle school band director for for 15 years, I'm really excited to interview you because I know that's what you're doing right now and um, getting to hear all about what you're doing composing and music-wise. So tell me about yourself, such as where you grew up, where you currently live, and what you do on a daily basis. So um, I grew up in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Um, it's in the kind of north-central part of the state. And um, I went to high school in Mountain Home, Mountain Home High School. And uh, my college experience, I went to Arkansas Tech University in Russellville. Um, that's where I got my music education degree. Um, the majority of my career has been in the uh, southern part of the state. Um, I live in Magnolia. And um, I taught in Magnolia for the last, I'd say, about 10 years or so. And I just got a new job this year in Camden, Arkansas. So that's kind of my background uh, in terms of where I've lived and everything like that. Um, as far as like daily basis, what I do, um, if it's a weekend, a lot of times I like to spend some time in my flower beds. Uh, I like to garden and grow flowers and things. Um, sometimes I find myself doing a lot of choreography. I, I was in color guard uh growing up in in band and things and I, I was a majorette as well so I still do those types of things and then of course I'd have to mention my dogs I have three Great Danes and one uh pit bull and they demand a lot of my time and attention so I can imagine <laughs> awesome so you have your real true um life magnolia farms at home right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay um I saw on your website that you play the clarinet and you're in some clarinet organizations at what age did you begin playing the clarinet I started um, I'd say I was 11 it was when I was in the sixth grade and um, I, I honestly I didn't really pick the clarinet I always say the clarinet picked me um, my mom played the clarinet for a really short while when she was in band in, in middle school and uh, she still had her clarinet so when it was time to sign up for band, she was like, this, I have this instrument, you know, we, we have it ready. Um, if you want to do band, then it's, you're going to play my clarinet. And so I was just excited to get to join band. And, um, and so I started when I was uh, 11 on the clarinet. And how long did you play on your mom's clarinet? Um, I actually uh, played my entire beginner year and about half of my second year on that clarinet and um, my mom and dad realized how serious I was about music and about uh, playing the instrument and so they they invested 
uh, in a buffet for me. So um, I still use that, like I was in marching band for a year, so I still use my mom's clarinet for that. But then I, my parents went ahead and, and took the jump for, <laughs> for a really nice clarinet. So Great. And do you still own that current clarinet? I, I don't have my mom's clarinet. Um, I, and I'll tell you, that sounds kind of sad, but we, uh, I have cousins that took an interest in being in band. And so we kind of passed that clarinet around so that everybody would, would have a chance to, you know, to join band and to do that type of thing. Great. Did you or do you play any other instruments? Um, I didn't start playing other instruments really until I got in college, I would say. Um, my band directors, I had some really amazing band directors, and they kind of recommended that I, I not do that until I got to college so that I could really refine and fine-tune working on the clarinet. Um, but when I got to college, um, I did learned saxophone for the jazz band. Um, and I took a little bit of interest on, on flute and I took some percussion lessons and things like that. So. And which saxophone did you play in jazz band? Um, they, they had me play the tenor, the tenor saxophone. Um, and I, and so I did that for a couple of semesters and I think I also played the alto. You mentioned where you went to high school and also where you went to college. And in um, both high school and college, what types of ensembles did you perform in as a student? You've already mentioned that you were part of the Color Guard and that you've done jazz band. Um, what other ensembles have you performed in? So um, in, in my music education experience, um, very early on, my directors felt like playing in an ensemble was a, a very important part of the learning the process because it makes you... Uh, responsible to, you know, really know your part. And so um, even as a beginner, um, I remember playing it at a solo and ensemble. I did a duet with my best friend. Um, and then that was just a lot of fun to me. And so I had a, a best friend that played clarinet and um, her church would have these, you know, dinner fundraisers, like a pancake, you know, night or something like that. And, and so for the entertainment, the band kids would just get, you know, a duet book and we would go from room to room and play for uh, the people that were uh, paying for that fundraiser to come in and, and everything. So I, I did that. Um, and then I did play, I got to play my clarinet in the jazz band in high school my senior year. So I was excited about that too. You got your way. <laughs> yeah. Great. When did you know you wanted to be a band director? Um, I knew, I would say when I was in seventh grade, I knew very early on. Um, you know, I always got good grades in school. I, I didn't really struggle in a class, but I, I didn't find a class that I really felt like um, was my thing until I got to do band. And, you know, you, you wake up some days, some mornings you don't feel very good and, and you always try to find something to motivate you to, to go through your day. And I remember band was my thing. That, that always, you know, it made you want to get out of bed in the morning. And so um, I knew very early on I wanted to be a band director. Um, I would say it really 
started to turn real for me uh, when I was in eighth grade because um, I made I made the all region band and our clinician was Prissy Buchanan. And um, I had not had a, a female clinician before and she worked us. Like, it, you know, anytime you do an all region experience, you're having to do a rehearsal for hours and hours. And she really, she just squeezed as much as she could out of us uh, every minute of the rehearsal. And not, not only that, but she did it in a way that we were actually saying something with the music and she made it very meaningful. And I just remember thinking to myself, if, you know, I could, I could do this because she, she just had that. I was like, I could do that. I want to do what she's doing and I know I can do that. So that, that's when it became really real for me. That's fantastic that you're able to have a female mentor like that and that you could see like in a mirror that you were able to do that as well as a female, knowing that we don't often have a lot of females in the band world. So that's fantastic. Um, who were some of your most notable mentors in music education? You obviously just mentioned one. Um, was it an elementary, middle school, high school band director, a private instructor, a college professor, or maybe another clinician or conductor that you had an opportunity to work with? Do certain people stick out in your mind? Well, um, a lot of people stick out in my mind. Um, I, I feel really blessed with the experience that I had growing up um, because I had a lot of really wonderful people uh, teach me. And um, early on, um, I'd have, I guess I have to really mention uh, my, my beginning teacher was Michelle McWilliams. She's actually a, a principal now. Um, and I just, she really cared, you know, like, a lot of teachers care, but she cared deeply. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, I got, I, I got hospitalized with pneumonia and she made it a point to like write me a letter to let me know, you know, she's worried about me and get well soon, that kind of thing. So, um, she was, she was probably one of my first influences and my, my junior high director was Bill Maxwell and my high school director was Robert Nelson. And then also, when he retired, I had the Chetniks, Tom and Jill. And, um, and so I had some really, really wonderful teachers growing up. Um, and I'd have to say too, that one of the things they taught me was how important it was to be something consistent for kids. Because I knew every year that I was gonna see those same people. And building that relationship really helps to uh to to be able to educate kids you know uh so those those were some of the people early on um when i got to college and even through band camp in arkansas i always went to arkansas tech i met dr kelly johnson and uh she was my clarinet teacher and um i i just adore her she she taught me everything i know about clarinet and and everything like that and my college director was Hal Cooper. And um, I, I really enjoyed all of my experiences with him uh, as well. And then probably in terms of 
really teaching me the fun side of music, uh, I would have to say uh, Philip Parker. He, he was my percussion lesson teacher and he did my music theory and ear training classes. And so uh, I really, really enjoyed having him as a teacher as well. That's wonderful that you're able to think about all of these wonderful educators and you speaking about them so remarkably through each phase of your um, instructional learning. That's great. Um, so you're currently teaching middle school band, correct? Yes. Okay. And have you taught other levels of band before or have, have you always taught middle school? Um, my very first job that I had, I was at a small school and I was doing K through 12. I, I was the only teacher there. So I did do some elementary, very young stuff, young students uh, early on. And I, I did have uh, a high school band, but it was a really small setting. Um, other than that, it's mostly been in the junior high, middle school area. So the cream of the Oreo you're teaching, I always <laughs> like to say. So what do you like most about teaching middle school band? Um, what I really enjoy, I would say, is the, the, it's such an impressionable age. And I, I really just have a good time with the kids. Um, I feel like they teach me as much as I teach them, you know. I, I feel like I'm just now starting to get to the age where they, they say something and I'm, I'm like, what is that, you know? Or lately they do a lot of the TikTok stuff and I'm like, what are, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're just so fun because they want to share their life with you and they want to build that they're looking to build those relationships. And, and so I enjoyed that level because I feel like um, not only are they impressionable, but they're willing to put themselves really out there and trying to be a good influence for that. Okay. Well, we've talked a lot about your background and becoming a band director. Now let's get into how you became a composer. So when did you become interested in music composition? I, I be, became interested in, in writing. Um, I would say I had probably been teaching for five or six years. And um, I found myself playing a lot of like repeated songs because uh, the things that I enjoyed about them, I couldn't find a lot of that in other pieces. And um, so, I think the very the very first time that I wrote something, um, it was just an arrangement of a Christmas tune, and I got a lot of positive feedback from the kids. They enjoyed playing it, and then uh, from the the parents after the concert and everything. And so that was kind of when I began I began to really spark an interest in doing that. Had you dabbled in it prior to? your fifth year of teaching or did you take any music composition courses in college? Um, I, I didn't take any music composition courses in college or anything, anything like that. Um, I, the, the youngest exposure I would say to creating my own music, um, they, they used to have in Arkansas a, a series of camps, they called it Aegis camps. 
and they were they were free camps you had to apply and and be accepted to go and i went to the arts encounter camp and uh they had you know a dance section where kids came for dance there were kids that came for acting um and then there were kids that came for art drawing and then music and in the music part of it we had to we would study different uh types of music genres and things and then they would ask us to uh kind of write our own stuff and perform it for each other and so i i did really enjoy that experience and the the creating in that but i didn't really really start writing until probably around that fifth fifth year wow and what was the first piece you published and um uh, when what year so um the the first piece that i've published it is contrails and um that is coming out in may i believe and so that that'll be my very first published piece and uh so i started i would say refining that last year so that'll be your first published piece do you have others that are in the works right now um uh contrails comes out in may and then victorious also is going to come out at the same time um and then right now i'm working on a writing a march uh for for a young group okay and since you're newer to the compositional project um process is there a particular grade level or genre that you prefer to compose or you're sort of kind of gearing yourself more towards um it's probably because I'm a middle school teacher that I I really like to write for that age level. Um, but not really anything in particular, mostly band, mostly some, mostly stuff for concert band, um, and mostly for the, for the younger groups. And have you, have you written a piece specifically for your band or was it, that you had your band in mind as you were writing a particular piece? So um, I, I wrote the very first original thing that I wrote, um, I wrote shortly after the, the Christmas arrangement that I did, and I, I named it Summertime Salsa. And uh, the reason that I wrote it, um, it, it was, I was teaching seventh grade band, which was their second year. And we, you know, we would work out of a method book and at the very beginning of the year, you know, that's a time, that's a, such a crucial time for those kids because they're trying to decide, do I want to keep doing band? Do I, do I want to do something else? And, and you're kind of wanting to keep those kids interest, you know, and, and keep them wanting to do band because you know that the places that can take them in their life later on. And so I wrote this piece because I knew uh, we probably wouldn't be able to dive into book two uh, yet, just trying to get them ordered and everything. So I wrote this piece for my kids um, called Summertime Salsa, and, and I tried to make it fun. I tried to make it a fun, enjoyable piece. Um, and every group that I've ever had play that, it, it kind of was a very beginning of the year thing and they always really really enjoyed playing that song neat 
Have you been commissioned yet to compose a new piece of music? Uh, I have not yet received any commissions. Okay. Are you eager to do so? Um, I, I really, I am, uh, because a lot of the, the writing that I do, it's inspired, I would say, by experience. And I think a lot of times commission pieces are, are inspired by, you know, something very memorable. So. What have been some of your most memorable um, compositional memories? For instance, um, have you ever started with a melody and thrown it away and then brought it back or thought something wasn't going to be excellent and it surprised you and it really was something that students liked? Um, have you gotten really frustrated about something or has something popped into your mind immediately? Um, I would say very, very early on after, after I finished Contrails, um, I began to, you, you know, I, I sent it to first my coworker, um, David Stewart. And the, the whole reason that I even, my inspiration for that piece really was about, um, kind of my relationship uh, with my my mentor and coworker David Stewart and the success that that relationship helped me get to in my career, and uh, and so after I wrote that piece, I sent it to a few people, um, and I, I got a little bit frustrated, I would say, with just the process of trying to you know, get published, just the refining of the piece. It, it was very, very um, frustrating for me. And, and uh, you know, I was very thankful to find Larry. And uh, he really helped me in just persevering through that process um, and getting that first piece published. But, you know, that, 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 I feel like this whole first experience um, is very, it's very memorable to, memorable to me. And um, I'll tell you, God has been a very big part of it too. Which composers do you admire and why? Or is there one that you're um, emulating to be like? Um, I, I'll tell you, when I, when I first started to write, uh, someone gave me some advice and they said, you know, think of somebody that you, you enjoy playing their pieces with your kids and then look at their pieces and maybe, you know, send, send your stuff to them and see if they can help you. And immediately the first person that I thought of was Larry because, you know, that was anything we did with, with, uh, with our bands that he wrote, like the kids loved, like that's what they look forward to. And, um, and so, you know, he is, he has been an incredibly inspirational. I, I enjoy his works and, uh, and his artistry and his craft. Um, so I definitely say Larry. Um, I love a lot of, uh, William Himes has a lot of really great pieces. Uh, William Owens. I love his marches for young band and his pieces. Um, 
I also really, really like um, Anne McGinty and uh, Carol Britton Chambers. Um, just got through playing Night Fury with my kids, uh, her piece, and then our kids got to play at Region this year. Um, they got to play the piece that she just released. I can't remember the name of it. But um, yeah, those are some really great composers. Awesome. As a student musician, do you remember performing band music composed by a woman? And if so, which pieces or which composers? I, I do remember very early on playing some pieces by Anne McGinty. Um, and I'll tell you, um, I actually just recently, because my mom was big into scrapbooking, and she saved every single program. And, uh, and then whenever I graduated uh, from high school, she had me take that scrapbook with me. So I still have all of those programs. And, and honestly, um, the only female composer that, I, that I've uh, been able to have the experience of playing their literature was, that was Anne McGinty. Um, so. Wow, surprising. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel are your strengths as a composer? Um, I would say that my, my strengths would probably be just almost, I, I hate to use the term like an earworm, but my husband always tells me like, when I'm writing something, he'll say, oh, this song is stuck in my head. I can't get it out of my head. So I, I feel like I, I write some really catchy melodies uh, that are really fun to play and fun to hear. Cool. And do you have any limitations or any that you would acknowledge? And what are you doing to enhance those limitations? Um, I would say that I'm trying to learn a lot more about the percussion side. Um, you know, growing up as a clarinet player, like I always had a part to play in every song, no matter what. And then as a band director, when you begin to select pieces, you realize that, you know, well, this part doesn't have a, this piece doesn't have a lot of percussion stuff. And you're like, well, I don't want my percussionist to not have something to do in the back. So one of the things I'm really trying to focus on and getting better at is learning uh, just about some unique percussion instruments and trying to make sure that I keep percussion busy, you know, in the, in the pieces that I write. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of, of, uh, I'm taking advantage. My two coworkers right now, they're, they're both percussionists, uh, Andrew Steck and Brandon Huey. So I'm taking advantage of that and just kind of, I'll bounce ideas off of them and things like that. Neat. We're hoping that many educators and students will be watching um, this interview with you. What advice would you give to students who have an interest in composing music? Um, I would tell them, like, never give up on it. Like, there will be days that you will feel so frustrated with the process or frustrated by something somebody says to you. But, but don't give up on that because, you know, it, it is an art. It's a, it's a craft. And do it for you and stick with it for you because it does pay off and it will pay. It really will pay off. 
Would you encourage students as young as elementary to even start composing little melodies now? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what do you think would be the best way for that for them to do that? Um, you know, they would have to have some, I'd say some resources in order to do that. Like, I don't know if, if, if you mean like kids that are in band, like sure. I encourage my kids all the time to, you know, like, um, I, I use an app that is a, a really cool drum set and you can change the style and stuff like that. I'll use that as a metronome. A lot of times I wait to do it on Friday. So it's kind of a prize. And, um, I've kind of shown them like you can just improv on top of it and you play the notes, you know, in any order you want and just make it your own. And, uh, and so, you know, there's, there's a ton of ways to do that. And how important do you think it is for student musicians to also get an opportunity at some time when they're rehearsing music to see the conductor's score so that they can see what it takes for a composer to put all of that, those pieces of the puzzle together? Um, I think that that is incredibly important. One of, one of the things that I try to do as a middle school teacher is any time that I'm going to play a piece, um, you know, those kids are learning how to rehearse. And sometimes that's a process for them because that, you know, a lot of times they have to sit still and wait while you hear the tubas play their part. And so to kind of help them get through that process, um, I'll just take the score and I'll, I'll, and I'll put it into Sibelius and I'll create a warm up. So that if, if there's a part that my kids are struggling with, I can tell everybody, get your warm up out um, and we're going to play section A. And that'll allow me to, you know, have everybody is playing the tuba part. And so, you know, and a lot of times they don't even know that that's what they're doing. Um, but I'll show them, you know, this is the tuba part. This is how it sounds. Now you have to sing your melody on top of that. And, um, and so I think it's very important for them to be aware of what we're looking at because they have to be listening for it as they're playing. So, you know, they, they do get a lot of experience in, in playing other people's parts and, and looking at it. And I do show them my score so that they understand it. And what would your dream commission or composition be and why? Would you love to write for a certain um, ensemble or a certain person's band? Um, you know, I had never really thought about that before. Um, I, as I'm just getting started, the, the whole thing is kind of new. Um, I, don't, I don't really know. Cool. Well, that may come as you're going through the process. Do you have any upcoming either world premiere performances of your new pieces that are coming out, projects or collaborations that you'd like to share with educators and students? Um, well, as of right now, everything is a little bit up in the air, I'd say, with, with kind of all of the things going on in our world right now. Um, I was going to be doing a beginning band clinic that was supposed to take place in April. Um, but it's been postponed as of yet. 
so as of right now, I, I don't have anything uh, like that going on. But you would love to do more of those in the future, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what is the best way for educators to get a hold of you if they'd like to have a band clinic with their band or if they'd like to commission you for a new piece of music? Um, I'm really easy to find uh, on Facebook. I've got a composer page. Uh, it's just if you search Valerie Laney Rowe uh, composer. And then my email is just ValerieLaney at me.com. Uh, and then you can also go to the Excelsia page um, and you'll find links to, to my Facebook account and my uh, Instagram and all of that stuff. So those, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And you said it's Contrails that's coming out in May, is that correct? Yes. Great. So band directors can look for this music for the upcoming academic year for some new um, selections from you. So congratulations, Valerie, as you get started in this compositional process. Um, thank you so much for allowing me to interview you today. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Well, thanks, Lori, for doing this for us. We appreciate it. And uh, she'll also have Victorious that's coming out, and that's grade three. So Contrails is about a grade two, and, and Victorious is grade three. And uh, uh, and I'm going to share that, she, and maybe she, I don't know if you remember, she she submitted music to me when I, I was at my previous job at Carl Fisher. Do you remember that? Yes. And that's honestly the reason why I re we reached out to her and said, because I remember giving her feedback thinking, she's very close. She has to work on this, a few things. So I hadn't heard from her. I thought, I was hoping she would submit more. So went back out to her and said, hey, are you still writing? Do you have any new music? I have a new company. I'd like to have you submit some stuff. And so here we are. So it's, yes. it's been pretty exciting. Well, and Valerie, um, I would encourage you to um, um, access the Institute for Composer Diversity website, and you can actually place yourself on the database um, as an underrepresented composer, as a female, um, and that's another way for people to um, find you as well. So you can do that. You can do that this afternoon if you wanted to do that. So perfect. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for participating, and uh, we hope these. Uh, are useful for students and for teachers all over the country. All right, take care. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of From the Composer. If you want to hear more of these podcasts, please subscribe or go to the Excelsior Music website at excelsiormusic.com. I'm Larry Clark. Thank you for listening.